0: The epistle for this Septuagesima Sunday is taken from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brethren, do you not know that they that run in the race all indeed run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain. And everyone that strives for the mastery refrains himself from all things. And they indeed that they may receive a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible one. I therefore so run, not as... at an uncertainty, I so fight not as one beating the air, but I chastise my body and bring it into subjection, lest perhaps when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. For I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all in Moses were baptized in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual food, And all ate drank the same spiritual drink, and they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. But with the most of them, God was not well pleased. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the 20th chapter of the gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus spoke to his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like to a householder who went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And having agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing in the marketplace idle. And he said to them, Go you also into my vineyard, and I will give you what shall be just. And they went their way. And again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did in like manner, But about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he says to them, Why do you stand here all the day idle? They say to him, Because no man has hired us. He says to them, Go you also into my vineyard. And when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard says to his steward, Call the laborers and pay them their hire, beginning from the last, even to the first. When therefore they were come that came about the eleventh hour, they received every man a denarius. But when the first also came, they thought that they should receive more, and they also received every man a denarius. And receiving it, they murmured against the master of the house, saying, These last have worked but one hour, and thou hast made them equal to us that have borne the burden of the day and the heat. But he answering said to one of them, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is thine and go thy way. I will also give to this last, even as to thee. Or is it not lawful for me to do, but I will? Is your eye evil because I am good? So shall the last be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, anybody who wants to become a professional athlete has to train day in, day out for years before he can become a pro. Anyone who wants to become successful in business has to work 70 or 80 hour weeks for a long time before they can become a millionaire. Anyone who wants to become a concert pianist has to go through those scales thousands upon thousands of times because to the point that they're so automatic that they can play their concert pieces without thinking about it. And in each of these cases, there's some great good that the people are seeking. Um, One of them wants to become a, a millionaire. The other wants to become a professional athlete or a professional pianist. And in each of these cases as well, there's something that they have to do in order to attain that goal that is so precious to them. They have to work very hard in a sustained way over a long period of time. And The thing is, if we are here this Sunday, if we're here at Mass, it's because we are seeking a very precious goal. We are seeking the attainment of our eternal salvation. And that is a much greater good than being a professional athlete, a professional musician, or being a millionaire, because it is an infinite goal. It's the goal that corresponds to our very existence. It's what we're made for. There can be nothing more important than that. And that's why we should not be surprised that the attainment of that supreme good Requires the same sort of thing as the attainment of being a millionaire or being a professional musician. You have to work. You have to work hard. You have to work for a long time, for your entire life, or else you will not attain that prize. Everyone who wants to save his soul must enter into the vineyard and labor. Otherwise, he will not get that denarius. Everyone who wants a crown that will not rust at the end of his life, a crown that will never fall off of his head, must strive hard for that prize. So we've got to work. What kind of work do we have to do to get the crown? See, Paul says it's the work of self-mastery. We have to work To get control of ourselves, where no matter what the situation, no matter who we're around, no matter what our mood is, at every time of our life, we're able to direct ourselves towards the good, regardless of what might be swaying us. We are always able to direct ourselves to the good. How do we do this work? of attaining self-mastery, well, says St. Paul, we have to chastise our body and bring it into subjection. We have to refrain from everything that might keep us from attaining that goal. And it's so important, and I feel like I say this often, but it's so important that we, we not just commit ourselves to the goal of saving our souls, but we also commit ourselves to taking the means necessary to save our souls. We don't just want salvation. We also want to do what is necessary to attain heaven. And there's no guarantee that because you're sitting in these pews today on the Septuagesima Sunday in 2021, that you're going to save your soul. There's no guarantee. May God grant that you make it to heaven. It's my heartfelt wish that all of us in this Mass today make it to heaven, that we attain our attainment salvation. But it's just not going to happen if you have a habit of mortal sin. It's not going to happen unless you chastise your own body. May God grant the one who is preaching to you this sermon one day attain his eternal salvation. But there's no way that I'm going to do so unless I as well chastise my body. If St. Paul himself today in the epistle is worried about his own salvation, that he thinks that he too will lose his soul unless he chastises his flesh, then how is it possible that Paul Robinson will save his soul if he does not as well chastise his flesh? St. Paul wants to give to the Corinthians an example that will remind them that their salvation is not secure. He gives them the example of the most privileged people that he can think of, the Israelites in the desert, because of the fact that it was so obvious to the Israelites that God was with them. You know that they had God appeared to them in a pillar of fire at nighttime that lit up their camp. And during the day, God was a cloud that hovered over them and directed them in the way they were to walk. God was also performing all these incredible wonders for them all the time, like the parting of the Red Sea, like the miraculous descent of the manna every day to feed them. And yet, despite the fact that they had these great miracles, despite the the fact that God was always present to them, despite the fact that they had this holy man Moses always with them to teach them and guide them, With most of them, God was not well pleased. You, my dear faithful, you have God with you day and night in the tabernacle. You're able to receive him physically into your hearts and souls when you approach the communion rail to receive the blessed sacrament. You have the ability to have your sins washed away on a regular basis through the sacrament of confession, And in that sense, you have even more than those privileged Israelites had in the desert. But at the same time, we have to recognize that you're faced with much more serious temptations than the Israelites had to face. The occasions of sin that are present today in our 21st century world are much more grave than anything that those Israelites had to deal with. They were tempted by false gods. They would approve of sins of the flesh, and they fell into sins of the flesh. You are tempted by the idols of a secularized world, which glorifies sin to a degree that would be utterly unimaginable to people of times past. You are especially presented with so many means to indulge your sensuality. The the occasions for sensuality today are infinite. And I'm not just talking about the sensuality of impurity. There's certainly all kinds of occasions for that, infinite occasions for that, so readily available. But I'm also talking about the sensuality of self-indulgence, the sensuality of entertainment, the sensuality of comfort and convenience. Just think about it. What the way we live our life today all the things that are available to us to make our life more delectable, more comfortable, more convenient. You can go to the grocery store. You can buy yourself a practically unlimited supply of chocolate to have chocolate available at any time you want to have something sweet. You can buy yourself comfortable pillows, fancy blankets, very nice special mattresses to make your sleep as delectable as possible. You can search online for the most relaxing clothing to wear, the most relaxing furniture to sit in. You can find the right drugs and pharmaceuticals for every single condition of the body to make you more comfortable whenever you have any pain whatsoever, whenever you have a headache, whenever you have a stomach ache, whenever you have an ache in your bones. You can entertain yourselves forever by watching movie after movie for free online or buying yourself video game after video game or listening to literally any song that your heart pleases to listen to at every moment of the day. And whenever you don't feel like dealing with any difficulty whatsoever, you can distract yourself, you can soothe yourself, you can comfort yourself in a million ways by all the products that are out there made possible, made available for modern man. The ways to avoid dealing with difficulty today are quasi-infinite, and they're so easily available. Sometimes they're occasions of sin, sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's just an occasion for taking the easier path. Either way, they're all pointing away from the most important work of your life, and that is the work of gaining self-mastery, where you have control over your lower nature. And to the degree that the occasions of sin today are nearer, they're more omnipresent, to that degree, you need much more virtue in resisting them. When it's easier to sin... It's only the more virtuous person who's going to resist sin. And when you have a world that's placing before people so many manners in which to, to, to sin, the number of those who save their soul becomes smaller. The path to salvation got narrower when the path to ease and comfort and entertainment got broader. It means that fewer people are able to resist and take the effort necessary to become virtuous. It means that fewer people engage in the mortification that's necessary for them to gain that self-mastery. This generation, as you know well, as we all know well, has become exceedingly soft. We have all, to some extent, become snowflakes in relation to the generations who have gone before us. And that's why it's so important for us to listen to St. Paul today, for us to embrace and live that most important teaching that he brings to us, that mortification must be a part of our Catholic life. We have to chastise our bodies and bring them into subjection, lest we ourselves become part of that massive group of people who do not save their souls. How do we go about this mortification? What should we do? Well, I would just like to, to suggest some various things that, that you might think about as we have these uh, few days, maybe 17 days before Lent. Um, Septuagesma, um, and Sexagesma are help, meant to help us sort of ramp up to Lent and inspire us to... Choose certain mortifications that we anticipate will assist us very much in gaining that self-mastery. Well, we firstly need to chastise our eyes. By gaining mastery over our entertainment, we must not have that practice of watching video after video on our devices or using every single spare moment that we have in the day to watch another video clip. This perversion of soul where we're always seeking to be entertained. We have to gain control over our intake of videos, whether it be video games or video clips or movies or whatever. Perhaps now is the time to think about your Lent and perhaps make that resolution that that you will not watch any videos whatsoever during Lent. Think about how refreshing it would be for your soul to not take in any of those video clips, to be free completely from video clips for this period of 40 days. The same is true for our use of the internet. We must take control of our use of the internet and make sure that we decide when and how we will use the internet and not let's just let it be um, the result of an impulse that we have because we're bored and we don't know what to do with our time. We have to chastise our sense of taste by keeping careful watch over our intake of food and drink. We must not eat and drink whenever we feel like it. Again, you have to decide when you will eat and drink and not just eat and drink whenever there's a pang of hunger or there's a pang of thirst, just on impulse. You have to not eat and drink whatever you want Always seeking out your favorite foods because they're so readily available and your special drinks, but rather you should have the practice of eating and drinking whatever is available? We have to chastise our sense of hearing by not compulsively listening to songs and podcasts. Just as water is mortifying for our tongue, so too silence is mortifying for our ears. Some people have earbuds in their ears all the time, or every single moment of free time. Um, some, some people like videos, some people prefer the audio input, where they're always indulging their ears with something to listen to every moment of free time. And I, I confess that I, I myself, when la- last Lent, I, I made the resolution that, that when I would go from, from here to the Priory and back, I mean, it's just two miles, that that I would not turn on the radio. And it was, it was harder than I thought just, just to say, you know, for this short distance, I will not listen to the radio um, because we, we get into that habit where we're always listening to music or we're always listening to news or, or, or whatever it may be, um, and it becomes a lack of mortification. We should chastise our sense of touch, and there's, there's three ways— In which we can do that. The first regards our sleep. We must not have the habit of extending our sleep time past the time that we have set, where the alarm goes off, we keep hitting the snooze button, and we just say, just another five minutes, just another 10 minutes, I'm going to keep sleeping. Or we have that lack of mortification where we've set a time when we're supposed to go to bed. I said, this is the time I'm going to go to bed. And when that time comes, we say, oh, I'll just, I'll just, you know, watch another five-minute video, or I I keep extending that time when I go to bed, and I end up going to bed very late, and then I don't get up on time in the morning. So there's sort of a double loss of that self-control. We should go to sleep when we're supposed to go to sleep, when we we say we're going to sleep, and and we need to get up, when we set ourselves to wake up. Even if we stay up too late, you need to get up at the time you've set yourself to get up. The second thing in regards our comfort. We must not be among those people who always avoid formal clothing because formal clothing is more uncomfortable than non-formal clothing. People have to wear casual wear 24-7. We can't be allergic to, to dress shoes and dress pants and dresses because they're just not as comfortable as, as other types of clothing. We have to be able to dress up when we need to even though it may not be as comfortable as dressing down. And then the third thing is how we deal with pain. As you know, it's, it's impossible to completely avoid pain in this life. And those who, who are unmortified often become obsessed with avoiding pain. It's a very miserable life for them. But, you know, we, we should be, have the ability to endure some pain and not always be seeking relief from the pain that we have. So, I mean, if you have a mild headache or, or a mild stomachache, it's, it might be good just to bear with it without seeking for some immediate relief for those things. And also that, that we do not indulge ourselves by telling everybody about every single pain that, that we have, that we bear our sufferings in silence, and, and when prudent, we might even bear our sufferings without relief. We just let them be there until they go away. So these are some ways in which we can strive for self-mastery, in which we can chastise our flesh, and bring it into subjection. There's just a few ideas for Lent. I'm not expecting you to do all of them, but hopefully you might have some ideas about some things that you can do. Each one of us is different. Each one of us has our own inclinations, our own attachments. You want to find something that will really chastise your flesh, something that's going to hurt, something that will mortify you. That's what you need to find, the the, the right to find that will help you gain that mastery where you're determining for yourself, um, you know, when or where you eat or, or, or what, how you will use the internet and so on. The main thing, as I say, is that you work, that you set this goal. I want to attain the prize. And just like the athlete who wants to become a pro, just like the musician who wants to become a concert pianist, they set themselves to the goal. They ardently strive for it because they desire that goal so much. You must do the same. You must work for the goal of your eternal salvation. This is the life that St. That Paul is calling you to today, a very blessed life, an ordered life, a disciplined life, a life that is truly free, where there's no slavery to impurity, there's no slavery to drink, to food, to entertainment, to comfort, to convenience, or to anything that will keep you from directing yourselves towards your own best interests. Answer the call of St. Paul today by forming some really good resolutions for your Lenten practices. Have as your goal that subduing of the flesh that makes for your spiritual freedom. Because if we do not do this, if I do not do this, if you do not do this, we also will become castaways. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.